Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. Service businesses are tricky. For the most part, you're selling assistance. And even when folks know they need help, things can get tense. Imagine making a living when your clientele is, by definition, struggling. And when someone brings you a mess, you need to be able to clean it up with confidence, compassion, and clarity. Clarity is where my guest Sonia Colliver starts with her clients. Sonia is the founder of the money management company Fix It, Change It. And that brand about sums up her approach. When clients come to her in debt or in dire financial straits, Sonia cuts to the chase with a color-coded spreadsheet. Is this something we can fix or something we can change? It's pretty straightforward. And straight talk is essential when you're helping families navigate money problems. And Sonia also helps business clients and has a background in business herself. She and her husband have owned an HVAC company, Lake Mechanical, for over 24 years. And she's done money management work for years, but officially incorporated Fix It, Change It in 2020. Sonia Colliver, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Appreciate that. Getting back on your feet takes more than a rebound. People who suffer from addiction often need a period of transition to get started on the long road to recovery. And many will make that transition from inpatient rehab back into dependence at a sober living house. That was my guest, Luke Moore's journey along the way he found himself dissatisfied with the quality of sober living homes, so he prayed about it, started his own here, Lafayette's The Captain's Table. The Captain's Table sets itself apart with a higher standard of living. The weekly or monthly fees come with necessities and Netflix, while residents provide their own food and toiletries. The house has eight beds, and the residents do most of the upkeep and commit to self-improvement programs. Luke has since relocated to Monroe, and the day-to-day operations of the facility are overseen by a living manager. Luke also operates a garbage can cleaning service called Ben Bros. Luke Moore, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, I appreciate that. So, Sonia, I think folks will often come to you, I would think, in a pickle. And I grew up here in the South, and like a lot of us, we were like kind of raised to not talk about money, right? Like, so when you're having conversations, right, that person comes in, right? I mean, I, I have to imagine they're, they're maybe the sort of person that might be very reluctant to talk about what they're going through. So how do you break the ice and get people to open up about what they're going through so I ask questions in reference to what happened in your life recently to make the change to call me because mm-hmm. there's a reason they decided to make that call mm-hmm. so either they decided to get married or they're having another child or something significant change maybe there was even a death in the family mm-hmm. and they realize wow this person didn't have life insurance and now the spouse has three kids and nothing to fall back on. It, it, there's something happened to get them to wake up and say, the way things are going for me or for myself and my spouse and my kids are not the direction I wanted to go. So we find out that reason and then we kind of look at it from there and then we discuss where do they want to go. Uh, so the biggest thing is bringing peace to the household. Oftentimes they'll say, well, you know, we don't say too much because the kids don't know. They know. The kids know there's an issue. They pick up on it like a sixth sense. So that's one of the, that's one of the reasons. And then from there we discuss, we 
I, I like to paint a picture mm -hmm. of where they are now and where they could be depending on how hard they work three months six months a year depending depending on how big the mess is mm -hmm. and sometimes there's not a mess uh, I've had clients contact me and say I'm getting ready to have a nice big giant bonus and I don't want to be stupid Okay. how do I invest it yeah. what do I do with it and then you know so it does go both ways sure so Luke I mean I, I wanted to get a better sense of even before people come to you how they might find it I mean it, I'm actually not that familiar with how this process generally works so I'm imagining a lot of folks who would move into sober living right or coming out of maybe some kind of inpatient program or maybe some sort of rehab program I mean, how do they even begin the process of looking for where to go next? Does that start where they were before? I feel like this is an obvious question, but I actually thought about it. I was like, I don't know where I would begin. Is it a Google search? Like, what do I do? Yeah, no, so that's a really good question. You know, I think like everyone's journey of recovery is unique, sure. right? So it could start by someone just reaching out to a family member or, you know, someone at church and saying they need help. Mm -hmm. And from that point, Sometimes that's usually when I get the call. Um, mm -hmm. I have a pretty strong social media presence, mm -hmm. and so people find me when they Google, mm -hmm. um, you know, recovery or um, addiction in this area. And so <clears throat> typically what I require is someone to have at least a seven to 10 day detox. I cannot detox people at my facility. Okay. It, is not a it is not a medical detox facility. However, um, you know, sometimes people come to me from a broken home, you know, they're having struggles at home and they have a period of sobriety and they just got to get out of a toxic environment. Okay. So then I'll get those calls. Um, so, so it's not always just sort of like a referral type situation where a person goes through a specific process and they say, okay, well, I've gone through this and now I need to go to a sober living. A person might come from a different environment. Which is right, like, exactly. And I, I think like coming from like a treatment facility, a 30 day or 90 day treatment facility yeah. is sort of the textbook approach to it. Sure. That's kind of how people think um, you have to get into sober living. However, uh, I found that a lot of people come from to my facility from other facilities. Um, they'll come by and a friend's living there and they'll come by and they'll say like, hey, like this is a nice place. I want to move into it. But yes, like typically... A client would go from residential treatment to outpatient and so while they're at my house they're doing an intensive outpatient course at an accredited facility gotcha so I mean Sonia I mean it kind of raises a similar question in my mind for you I mean thanks for clarifying it not everybody who's coming to you right is maybe in debt maybe they're just looking for general financial advice um, but I would think that you know maybe a lot of folks would say hey I, I need to start talking about money I, I want to find a financial advisor or a CPA or something so I mean, how is it that they sort of understand, you know, that your approach might be a better fit for them? Is it, is it again, just sort of like I'm Googling this and I think, oh, money management or Sonia is a better option for me than a CPA? I mean, how, how does, help me understand how the client sort of goes through their own level of discernment to find you. Okay, so your financial advisors are fantastic. CPAs are great. They don't deal with the emotional side of money. Money is very emotional. People spend for different reasons. They overspend, they try to fill a void. They drink, they do drugs. I mean, that's where the money, it just depends. So teaching them to understand why they're spending the way they're spending, what are they trying to cover up or fill in going through that process. Um, oftentimes I do work with CPAs, financial advisors, 
and we dissect I'll take a bank statement and that's the funny part is I take a bank statement and all my beautiful highlighters and I go through it and I show them where all their money's going and it's amazing that they don't know they can't see it because it's on a bank statement and it's not it doesn't show that you spent this much with DoorDash or whatever business you know and they go well I didn't spend that much money eating out I'm like mm, yeah you did <laughs> well we don't do that and it's not it's an Excel spreadsheet and it's I tell them before I hand it to them I said this is a tool like a hammer pair of pliers like anything else this is a tool this is not to blame shame or embarrass anybody this is to show you actually where everything is going and now you can make better decisions because without seeing where the number is and the money's going you can't make better decisions do you think that that a lot of that is because money is in a way invisible now more than it ever was like I'm thinking about you know services that people provide to try and find all these subscription fees, right? Mm -hmm. That you signed up for something 20 years ago, not 20 years ago, maybe five years ago, sure. right? And it's just drawing five bucks out of your account every month. I mean, is, is it that kind of thing that's piling up or is it people, you know, or it's the same habits, but maybe it's on steroids because we can do it so much more efficiently. We can, we can waste our money more quickly it's, nowadays. It's both. Yeah. They forget, they subscribe. I Oftentimes I find people that have two Netflix accounts and they didn't even know it. Wow. Two. Yeah. They're not looking at their bank statement. Yeah. And they swipe. It's swipe. Yeah. Everything is swipe. Nobody uses cash. So they don't feel the cash leaving the hand. It's just a swipe. Yeah. And so without having that emotion. So when they come to me, we go back to cash. We go back to feeling that emotion and they're seeing. And we don't use the B word budget. Okay. And we don't say the D word diet because the first thing people assume is, what do I have to give up? Mm -hmm. What do I have to stop? And it's like, we're not going to take anything away. We might back off a little bit eating out or a little bit going to the movies, whatever the situation is, so we can put money in a place that is a little bit better for you, get out of the credit card debt, investing in your future, your, you know, and a lot of times Christmas, nobody plans for Christmas. I don't play for Until right now. Yeah. It's like I have six weeks, so then that's where they start charging on the credit cards because yeah. now they have to spend for Christmas, and then they also have to outspend yeah. a family member because now it's competition. So we work on what do you want to do for Christmas, things of that nature. It's planning ahead, too. Yeah. I mean, Luke, um, you know, Sonia's talked a little bit about some, some items I think that kind of a theme emerges around sort of stigmatization maybe right like people get uncomfortable talking about money problems they get uncomfortable um you're dealing with financial issues i mean you're, you're working in a space and people often can feel quite vulnerable right i mean our folks you know are you finding when people come to you 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 have to sort of talk them through that first step break the ice with them or, or is it mostly folks that maybe have been through this before and so they know what they're getting themselves into oh my gosh i love this topic because okay so what I tell people all the time is I did not get into this industry to make money. There's sure. lots easier ways to get lots richer than getting into this industry. However, um, we do have to ha have money to pay the bills, you yeah. know, like the lights have to stay on. Right. And so it is a super uncomfortable topic to sort of approach with people. Yeah. But um, over the last year, since I've been doing it over and over again, it's, it's become a lot more comfortable and, and I'll give you an example. So I have a current resident who came in, um, he had a job, but hadn't got his first paycheck. Right. I mean, so 
it's like this constant struggle of trying to get ahead. Mm -hmm. And something I absolutely do not have is late fees. I don't think it's fair to penalize people who are already trying to get on their feet financially. Now they might get an extra chore or something to help pull their weight around the house. Sure. But they, um, I don't penalize people financially for being financially behind. It's just, I, I can't ethically, it doesn't sit right with me. How about that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what we do is, you know, so the, the resident that I'm, that I'm thinking of, he, he was, you know, a couple weeks behind in rent and, um, you know, was going out to eat and getting Ubers and lifts places. And, yeah. and he's a really good fit at the house. Like he's a great guy. He, you know, the guys really like him. He helps out. He cooks family uh, style dinners for them. Yeah. And so what we did is we set, um, I set a time, I think it was on a Monday, I called and I said, all right, you have until Friday to come up with a, I used your B word, your budget word. <laughs> all right, today's your last day, no more B words. I, I need to know what to use instead. Spending plan. Okay, cool. Spending why don't plan. we say budget? Yeah, why not? Because the world has given budget, diet, and other words a very negative connotation. And when I first started doing this, when I said, okay, we're going to talk about your budget, a lot of you know, potential clients would go, great, what do I have to give up? I work really hard for my money. Right. Don't tell me I have to give up something. So, because when somebody goes on a diet, what yeah, do you, you got to give, give up. up something. Right, exactly. So instead so, of giving yeah. it up, instead of giving it up, instead of going to eat out and spending $1,000 a month, let's back it down to like maybe 300 and put the other 700 somewhere else. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to Sonia Colliver of Fix-It, Change-It Money Management and Luke Moore of the Captain's Table Recovery. We'll be right back after this short break. Support for Out to Lunch at Katiana comes from Adeta Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment Since 1947, New Orleans ice cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to Sonia Colliver of Fix-It, Change-It, Money Management, and Luke Moore of the Captain's Table Recovery. So, Luke, I mean, you're saying you had to have a conversation with this guy, talk to right. him about his spending plan, the term we've just learned. I so, mean, spending so, plan, <laughs> yes. Sure. So, so, I mean, is it, you know, but you know, I, I think what you're driving at here is, right, is, is you've got, you know, you got two two concerns, right? You're you're concerned about the well-being of these people that you're working with, but you got bills to pay, so you got to f- figure out how to manage those two things, right? right? And um, again, like you mentioned at the beginning, like we are a transitional living place, right? And and I think part of being a transitional living place is to help these guys have the tools to come up with a spending plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on Friday, last Friday, we um, had a phone call, and he he laid out his spending plan. Um, yeah. He sent me a screenshot of how much money was deposited into his bank account. Yeah. So I knew there was some accountability. He wasn't telling me a number, and I was wondering if it was true. Yeah. He told I, I saw what it was, and so together we came up with you know how much money does he need for food? How much money does he need for some leisure activities? We did talk about that, you know. And, and he gave me a number that he could pay to help cover his debt. And it, he's actually paying more right now than the weekly rent to help pay off his debt, you yeah. know? And, and it's gonna be a slow process, but that's, you know, I think that's where, where the real magic happens is watching these guys come in from behind, put together a plan, and then follow through with it. And that's really cool. 
I, so I, I'm going to use the budget word here now only because I've, I've heard people say this, and I, I don't want to get your reaction, but it seems like but people can find once they get into that space, right, where somebody talks to them and they get out a spreadsheet or, or maybe they, they sit down and they take account of some choices they're making in life. When they come up with a plan, it can actually feel empowering. I mean, have you found that, that when people go through that, like I know my wife and I have done this before, right, where we sit and we say there's something we want to accomplish and, uh, you know, let's kind of make a plan or make a budget, right? And we say, here, here we go, we're going to do it. And it can feel like, hey, I, I have control over the situation. It's not just something that I need to be afraid of. Do you, do you find that your clients, Sonia, like, I mean, that, that when they get to the other side of this, whether it's the, a spending plan or a budget or however you want to call it, that they feel empowered by it? Yes. They, it is, that's the best part. My fun part is usually depending on how much a person makes, on average, I can find between 400 and over $1,000 in what they make in a month that they can either stop, slow down, and put somewhere else to get out of the debt. Or they may not even have debt. They're just overspending, yeah. and they want to do something else with it. It's not always debt. It's just they don't know where their money's going. And then when they do find the extra, what do they do with it? Yeah. Life insurance investing for if they have if there's children um paying a car off um retirement nobody talks about retirement at all nobody talks about life insurance and how important it is there's so many things they don't talk about it's not taught in school number one and if it's not talked about at home it wasn't talked about in my home and i changed that i broke the chain with my kids we changed it talked about it talked about credit scores and stuff like that so if it's not talked about at all they don't know what they're doing and that's where it creates with in some cases people are like we have no idea what we're doing because it's not talked about and it's not taught so my goal to not only with the parents I really push this with the parents I'm teaching you this so when your kids are the age you are they're not calling me I don't want them to call me. I want you to take this and pass this down to them because we're creating a legacy, not only for you, but for your children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Luke, is it a similar kind of dynamic for you? I mean, I could imagine going through something like that, entering an environment where where folks are, you know, there are chores involved, there are assignments, there's accountability, and somebody at some level is sort of saying like, hey, these are the stakes of what you got to do to be part of that, and, and, and feeling a little bit like, man, I'm not sure I like this, right? <laughs> so, I, I mean, do, talk to me a little bit about that transition that people go through, right, where they kind of move into this environment that has a structure or has a level of accountability. I mean, how do people tend to react to it? So I think I'm probably a little super-duper overbearing with the guys. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> sure. I'm, like, super type A. I want them to follow things my way, do it exactly my way, and all <laughs> this stuff, right? <laughs> and what I've realized is that kind of needed to happen because now there's some wiggle room for them to actually not follow it to a T and then everything's okay, right? Right. So if they don't make their bed perfectly every morning to look like a hotel's bed made, that's fine. But they know that that's how I like it. The truth is, and they're probably going to hear this, it doesn't matter. You know, I think like going a little like, I can't think of the right word, like, um, I expect perfection. They think I expect perfection, but I don't really. I want them to strive to be perfect, but do the best they can. And I think the truth is with all of us, you know, us sitting around here, everyone I encounter in the world is 
we're all doing the best we know how to at this very moment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes the best I know how to is to, you know, give someone a big F you, yep. right? And, and I get those sometimes, you know, yep. I think anyone who can't handle a client or resident, um, you know, acting out, throwing a fit, throwing a tantrum and then saying like, you know, you're still welcome here mm-hmm. is in the wrong field yep. um, if they're in the recovery industry, because that's absolutely part uh, that, 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 that should be expected in this industry. You know, yeah. we're, we're learning to deal with emotions. We're learning how to navigate life. And, and I, whenever someone really acts out and doesn't follow my rules, but they haven't run away and they're still sober, mm-hmm. then we're getting somewhere. Yeah. You know, we're getting somewhere. I, I kind of want to go back to square one with you, which is the moment you decide to do this, you're going to start a sober living facility. You need a building, right? I mean, like, you know, so, I mean, is this, do, 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 I mean, first, I mean, does your operation, like, do you rent from a landlord yourself? Did you buy a building? I mean, how do you get to that step? Yeah, so I always thought I needed to have tons of money, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I thought I would have to have investors and, you know, buy all this real estate and whatnot. And I worked at, I worked in treatment um, in the Austin, Texas area um, for several years, and, and I learned a lot there. I had some great mentors who I still talk to. Basically, on a daily basis, I run cases by them all the time. What would you do in this situation? Help me, help me, help me. And then everyone thinks it's my idea, but really it's one of my mentor's ideas. Um, so I'm in Lafayette, and I felt a need for you know some sort of different sober living, something a little different than the cookie-cutter style here. And I was praying about it. I wasn't telling anyone about my prayers. Um, and my prayer to God was, if this is what you want me to do, give me the house. And I thought it was a cop out, you know, I really thought like God's not going to drop a house in front of me. And someone approached me and said, look, Luke, um, I've wanted to do a sober living for many years and I've never really trusted someone to have the motivation to do it with me. Um, but I think you might have that motivation. And I said, great. Uh, but where's the house? (laughs) And he said, well, cool. Let's get in the car. I have the perfect place. And from that dinner, we went toured a house that was on a Thursday and I moved in on Monday and we started so we leased it from we we leased the house I have a landlord who knows exactly what we're doing he's super supportive of what we're doing um guys it couldn't be a more perfect house it's not in a residential area with with you know exact neighbors right next door we've got you know a little bit of property with like a parking lot and whatnot for the the residents who have cars and it's it's perfect and my thing is Things that happen this perfectly or not are not not God's plan. How about that? You know? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sonia, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of curious to, 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 to kind of get a sense of, like, your, um, your work with folks who, like you kind of mentioned earlier, it's not just people coming to you because they need help digging themselves out of a financial hole, but it might be a person saying, like, hey, I, I've got a windfall. I want to know how to use it. I mean, are, are you helping people, right, make investment decisions i don't mean necessarily in stocks but i mean somebody might you know luke shows up at their door and say i got a new opportunity for you i mean are you coaching people through that sort of thing and then and then how do you help them do their due diligence and something like that it it really depends i'm not licensed like for insurance or investing of such nature so if they're looking for something like that i send them to the right people yeah um so it just kind of depends on where they want to go with the money. Sometimes I can give them some suggestions and ideas. Yeah. Other times I put them in touch with the right the right people. So 
moving forward on that, it, it just kind of depends. Um, it's very interesting to help them and see that they have more than what they need and uh, to see how exciting, how excited they get when they see they're starting to pay stuff off and they can start living a, the life they truly want. So when I talk about a spending plan, what that means is you tell your money where to go. And so I had a lady one time for her birthday wanted to go to Bucky's. I can't make this up. I love it. So in the spending plan, we wrote Bucky birthday. And I said, how much money do you need? And she said this much. And so it was like five, six months out. So we divided it. And every month she put this much money aside. And in six months, they took a trip from here to Bucky's, And they had gas money and enough money to spend. And so that's what it's about. What do you want? Mm -hmm. Where do you want your money to go? Do you want to take a trip? Do you want to buy a new car? Do you want to buy a swing for your backyard, a pool? It's You can... Within your reasons, you can have more money. There are options out there. Yeah. They just don't always know what the options are because in without having the knowledge from home or from someone else, they kind of have tunnel vision. And they also don't know what questions to ask. Yeah. I, I feel like I, you can have a birthday party at Bucky's. That's possible. Like, do you book the gas station? No. Yeah. She, <laughs> she just wanted to be able to okay. have X amount of dollars to spend and buy sure, I get it. Okay. Bucky stuff. And that's what she did. I think she wanted like $300. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I can do this. I said, it's your money. Yeah. It, you know, there's, it's just you and your spouse. And you can have what you want. And she goes, there's enough money in here. I said, yeah, look at the bottom. Here's the money. And so they were pretty excited. And uh, they actually had $25 left over when they got home. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even spend it all. <laughs> I, you could, look, the $300, you can go gangbusters at, at Bucky's, I'm sure. I, Luke, I mean, I'm curious, like, you know, you've talked about, you said yourself, like, you could be overbearing, like, you have a way that, yeah, but you have a way you like things to be done. That's it's the word a, I was looking for, yeah, overbearing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, it does, look, I mean, uh, to some extent, I imagine people are kind of moving into this space. They're looking for a place to go. You sort of talk about you've got a social media presence. Do people come to you, have... Do they have to sort of buy into your method? Is that is that a thing that you've got? Like, I, I don't want to say patented, but like an approach that you take that people have to know, hey, I'm going to, to the captain's table and, and this is the approach I'm going to get and I know this is what I'm signing up for. Or, or do people kind of show up and they say, like, I need sober living and this place looked pretty nice, so I'm going. You know, <clears throat> I, I definitely th like to think that we're different, right? So we're different than other places for better or for worse we're different how about yeah. that um and yes they gotta hop on board yeah. you know um the people who don't hop on board don't last long you know we had someone move in recently who who i know and you know i put in a good word with the manager and the guys at the house this guy's gonna be a really great fit and unfortunately he's just not at a time in his life that he's ready to hop on board you know and so he he had to find a different place and and, and i feel for people like that because i've also been at that point in my life before where I didn't hop on board with people who were doing the right thing and and I had every opportunity presented to me on a silver platter you know just take it life's gonna get better mm -hmm. and people just couldn't see why I wouldn't do it and so I think um, being where I'm at now I have a heart for those people um, I'm not mad at them but at the same time you know we got to keep moving forward we can't let them drag us down mm -hmm. and so back to your question Yes, there is, there is a certain sort of um, recipe 
yeah. um, for what we have. And and each each person plays a unique part of that recipe. And so when someone comes in, the guys at the house right now, you know, there's a core group of probably five guys who've been there over six months, which, you know, retention rate for sober living, six months at a place um, successful, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one guy's been there since the day we opened, you know, and um, they, they have their, their routine and, and someone's got to fit the mold for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are pretty adaptable though. So, you know, they, they love people, they love to love. And so when someone moves in, they like to, to share that love. But at the same time, there's only so much we can do for someone if they're not willing to help themselves. Sure. I mean, Sonia, is fit a big factor in whether people succeed with you? I mean, do people come and sit with you and you're like, look, I, I see you need help, but the way I do things, the way you want things to be done, it's just not gonna work out. Yes, which is sometimes very sad because I'm, I'm, I want to help everybody. Sure. Um, however, not everybody is coachable yeah. and open-minded to change. Um, so my motto is I'm going to speak the truth. I'm honest. And it, it numbers don't lie. And when someone comes in and goes, well, I don't spend that much, I'm like, here's the Excel sheet. Well, this can't be right. It's exactly off your bank statement that you gave me. Um, there have been a couple of clients, or potential clients, that I have had to say it would be an honor to work with you, but you were not ready for this. And one or two of them were like, well, what do you mean? And I very nicely <laughs> say that you, that you have to be open to change. You, can't, you called me, you said you don't like the way you're living, you need more peace of mind. But these things, these are the things I see that need to be changed. They're your decision. Well, you're not ready to change, then you're not ready to take the steps and work as a team. Yeah, I mean, I I would imagine being open to change, I think, is important, right, to being successful in business or in life. And Sonia and Luke, thank you so much for being open to joining me on Out to Lunch Acadia. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Sonia Colliver of Fix It, Change It, Money Management, and Luke Moore of the Captain's Table Recovery. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation. Find out more about Sonia and Luke by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, it's acadiana.com. And if you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos on astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Associate producer is Chad Terrio. Researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show is engineered by Dylan Babbitt. I'm Christian Mater, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. 
Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.